viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Narrative Live. It's a Friday. It's the after show. It's the best part of the week. And it's here with Greg Oliar. How are you doing, Greg? I am well, thank you. And the lovely LB's here. Hi, LB. Hi. And uh, Andrew Laufer will be with us in a minute. In fact, I see him logging in right now. So we'll say hi to Andrew uh, in just a second. In the meantime, though, I want to hear uh, about your week, uh, Greg. Well, you know, I... I think like a lot of people, I, I wasn't feeling very festive um, during the actual holiday season because there's too much going on. You know, Christmas is just, we, we didn't know what was going to happen with the, until January 20th, it was very difficult to celebrate. But I have to say, this week, I felt <laughs> I felt the holiday spirit. So You're maybe you want to sing it. it with me. We yeah. wish you a Merrick Garland. We wish <laughs> you a Merrick Garland. We wish you a Merrick Garland and a happy side Vance. I love it. Oh, uh, well Cheers. done. Well done. And that's a good segue Hi. to introduce the lovely, also lovely, because everyone is tonight, Andrew Laufer. Hi, Andrew. Oh, no, maybe not. Uh is he hi. present? You missed the Merrick Garland joke. There was a very good Merrick Garland it. joke. No, I heard it. <laughs> good, good, because that's why you're here tonight. You know, you're here to talk about uh, all the legal trouble that the Trumps are in. Yes. Um, and we're looking and forward that to that. Yes, and apparently everyone's joyous about that. Greg's joyous about it. I bet you LB's joyous about it. I'm pretty joyous about yes. it. Yes. So um, it'll be a fun in evening. What's going to be taking your questions? A lot of you gave us good questions today. I'm hearing an echo. Is that from me or from somebody else? Uh, I don't know. Someone's speaker might be open. I don't know. Normally I don't hear an echo. It might be mine. It might be. Uh. It might be. Um, but uh, it's, so CPAC is going on. This is this wonderful tribute to conservatism, but it's not really. This year it's sort of a, a festival of Trump, all things Trump. Um, and that's started to take place in, uh, outside of D.C. It'll be interesting as we talk about, is it a D.C.? Sorry, it's in Orlando, Florida. Should remember that because Ted Cruz's terrible joke. We'll be talking a little bit more about CPAC later on. But the big news of the day has to be around the MBS um, CIA release, the big announcement that MBS did kill or did order the operation that landed up killing uh, Jamal Khashoggi. Now, we all knew this, right? We all knew this. So that's not that exciting, but it's still interesting because behind the scenes, for those people who like this kind of diplomatic jiu-jitsu, the Biden administration is doing a pretty bang-up job, uh, I think, in playing the, the Saudis and the Israelis and the Iranians against each other in a brilliant move. So I'll talk a little bit more about that, but you also wanted to talk about the Khashoggi Report, LB. That was your story of the week. I did. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple things in that for me. Um, first, you know, I was always <laughs> on the camp of if, if Trump's going to go down outside of the state stuff that with Merrick Garland and Cy Vance and everyone kind of coming after him now um, for all of his fraud, it would be around the Khashoggi uh, murder as well as the co handling of COVID. The two things that Jared is is it was intimately involved with and pretty much in charge of. And, you know, just as a side note, um, but a big one, is that Glenn Kirshner, everyone, we love Glenn, go to his timeline because he's got a letter out that he's sending to all the state AGs to hold Trump 
and Kushner, I believe, responsible for the half a million uh, unnecessary deaths, or at least a good portion of that, um, to push it onto the states and force the states or a demand of the state AGs that they bring charges against well, Absolutely. It costs a fortune yeah. to deal with, for one thing. So absolutely. Yep. If you could do it with uh, tobacco, why not do it with COVID? Absolutely. That's a good That's idea. That's right. Yeah. That's Ben's right. Got a, Ben's got a good move over there. He does. Uh, but, uh, you know, for me, it was it was always this Khashoggi killing as well, um, because Donald, the the big lie, there's another big lie inside of everything that Donald had to say about uh, uh, Jamal Khashoggi and uh, the, this, you know, Prince Mohammed Bonsal. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, whatever. So this thug, this guy right here. Um, you know, he's he's intimately connected with Jared financially. Um, Jared was running him all around our town out here um, in Los Angeles before uh, before um, Donald ran and helping to bring a ton of money into Hollywood from his royal fund. He's also this guy's also deeply embedded with uh, SoftBank and their tech venture fund. Um, and so any company that was taking from SoftBank as well is taking this guy's money. And if you're making money and paying it back into your investors' pockets, this is this is the guy you're paying. Um, but, you know, Jared's – and then there was a key piece of information around right when that uh, Jamal Khashoggi's killing happened where you had Ari Emanuel, who is a very big agent out here. He's uh, owns uh, WMEIMG. And he was the one who had taken $400 million from the bonesaw before he bonesawed. Um, and he called, the reporting was that he called up um, Jared. The, se the second that happened and that news broke, he called Jared and screamed at Jared. Now, this is Donald Trump's agent, mm -hmm. Hollywood agent. He could call Donald and scream at Donald. Donald will always take Ari's calls. But he called Jared and screamed at Jared. Um, that's sort of, what have you gotten me into uh, with this guy, right? Right. Right. Well, the implication right. was that Jared knew, right? That was the whole thing. Jared knew, and Jared had the Jared had some intelligence about where what Jamal Khashoggi's there was reporting around that where where he he was that he was going to be heading to the embassy rather than protect him. He shared that. We did get some recent news that his WhatsApp messages are with uh, were with the Bone Saw, um, the great folks over at Crew uh, demanded to get that through their FOIA request. So I saw that we know that, on. That's that's yeah. fantastic. So they're being preserved. That's where originally they were being, being uh, they were being deleted. But now these things, if I get the right graphic up here, you can't see it here properly, but now they're being preserved. So that's a big deal, of yeah. course. That, uh, that's a big you deal. You can sort of see it. Here, and, but there it is. There we go. And, and, to really, and to really close this, this part, and then I want to talk about Khashoggi and Donald Trump, uh, is that um, the, there is this part of the Mueller report. We need that unre we need that whole thing unredacted. We really do. And I think we should all just raise a stink to have that from the Biden administration, just unredacted so we can see it, or at least our intelligence committees can see the full thing and the underlying evidence. What because is it particular that there, you want to see? The I want to see the Egyptian bank stuff, the Egyptian bank stuff that Mueller was hunting down to see whether it with with getting Donald Trump's financials now, because he never went off the financials and never went and got those. If we can trace that Egyptian bank money, because they know it didn't necessarily originate from the Egyptian bank, the thinking was that it came from Saudi Arabia and poured tens of millions of dollars into Donald's 2016 campaign, um, which is why 
Yeah, which was why when he went to go put his hands on the orb, he was doing it with the King Salomon and with the Al-Sisi, the Egyptian president. That's right. That's right. And what were they doing that orb for? Because they were supposedly, this was a new anti-terror, digital anti-terror thing. Um, then they were in the heart of that and they were looking at how, oh, this new Saudi, what they were really doing was looking at the Saudi troll farm. <laughs> they were sitting there in the Saudi troll farm, right? Greg can talk about this, the flies. Excuse um, me, sorry. God bless, bless you. That, I should um, mute you know, Trump was saying, oh, they're going to hunt down terror. But what they have been doing is terrorizing us and terrorizing the truth yeah. um, and leading. And it led to Jamal's death. So his murder. Let, let me ask Andrew a question that, here. If, if, sure. if we now have a case against uh, MBS, because there's the CIA saying this guy killed or ordered the kill of Jamal Khashoggi. If we can also prove that Jared Kushner was in touch with Khashoggi during that time, doesn't that make him an accessory to the crime? Uh, you know, obviously, depending on what they discuss, but yes, I mean, you have a conspiracy mm. claim right there. Right. Um, you know, violation of federal law. You also could bring a RICO claim, if you think about it. I mean, you know, you can get MBS with a RICO. You can get, you know, depending on what their roles are. You know, I mean, it sounds like, you know, from what I read today, that MBS ordered the hit, so to speak, like, like you know, your typical mob boss or capital ordered the operation okay. maybe not the hit he, he certainly ordered the operation maybe he didn't expect it to be an assassination it just it landed uh, up being that well you know well it, i mean that's what i it's a nuance in the in the way they've reported yeah, it. yeah. this goes back to the old rule that if you're committing a felony and you don't intend someone to die but someone dies during your commission of it you're still responsible for that death right so right. in my opinion right. well, mbs is on the hook I, I can't you guys yeah, my, go, my, go, go, my brain's gonna explode go. i, it, I know it, that we're if it's a concern about whatever but this is this top this is <laughs> the the highest level uh, of reporting from inside of our and highest confidence from inside of our intelligence agencies our top intelligence agencies saying he ordered the hit he probably also watched it okay yeah, they showed up with a bone they showed up with a bone saw they showed up with a bone saw they're not going to cut this man up uh, without having orders they're not that's what the report was that's what that's what got re that's what got shown 100 percent 100 percent that's the the impetus of the report but the they use the words approved the operation that led to the death and they're using that on purpose because they are they are trying to they i think they do have information they do have calls that actually show him being involved in the decision making yeah. around how to kill jamal and and dispose of him yes. but i think what they Jared, released today Jared, 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 MBS, but they, but today I think they really, they're saying that the Saudi conference approved the operation that led to the death. I mean, it's nuanced. I mean, I, as Andrew's saying, it doesn't make a difference. I don't know if it does, but it's, you know, was he aware that the guy was being killed? That it might be uh, some nuance that they have there. I'm just, I, I agree with you. Up, I, I, I think it's pretty clear that he knew. Showed, they showed yeah. up with a bone saw yeah. and the guy who had it was an expert butcher. Quite and literally, knew how to carve up a body. That's why they brought him, because he knew how to do it. And it's MBS's key oh. guys. I mean, it was his number two guy that these sent. That's right. A whole team of people that he normally works with. And he was extremely concerned about Khashoggi in the period leading, leading up to this. He expressed his concern. There was an, even the American intelligence agencies were aware that something like this could happen. So, of course, he ordered the kill. I mean, that's the, that's yeah. the end result of that. But I think they're, they're issuing a slightly cautious wording today. It's but regardless, it does seem if, if you, it's, it's a political nuance. Yeah. You know, it's a political yeah. nuance. And I can understand why they're doing that. I was pretty critical initially 
with the Biden administration is like, why, why wasn't, you know, MBS sanctioned? It makes a little bit more sense now, you know, from a political, geopolitical standpoint. I mean, you don't want to push Saudi Arabia, you know, into this more into the sphere of Russia and possibly China. So from that perspective, sure. But from a from a um, legal perspective, you know, law enforcement under if he was just an American or we had, we were able to get our hands on him from a normal perspective, he, he, we, we got him from, a you know, from a legal perspective, I should say, I'm sorry, we have him dead to right as far as charges are concerned. Yeah. And, and Kushner as well, potentially, if we can prove oh, that, yeah. that there's yeah, involvement. If you, That's why if I you, mentioned the WhatsApp. I, I want to know what's on Kushner's WhatsApp. With, that's with, right. With MBS. Too. Well, apparently it, it's going to be interesting that, so. because you have to, um, Kushner and MBS have a long relationship that goes back for a while. They were plotting and Kushner went there one October and they sat up all night talking about this and that. And Kushner probably, there was one single source report in The Intercept that said that Kushner gave MBS information on which members of the royal family were against him. And right after That's Kushner right. left, there was the big purge of the royal family. One of the guys that got rolled up in it and they seized all his money was the guy that used to, was an investor in Fox News. I can't remember his name. Um, yeah, and lie. right after that, Kushner went there and he was having problems with his 666th Fifth Avenue building. And then pretty soon after that, he got the financing from Qatar. Yeah, okay, that's Qatar A. Blockade, B, yeah. if you watch The Dissident, which everybody should do, the, the Brian Fogel uh, documentary about the Khashoggi killing, okay, when the when Khashoggi went to the, to the consulate, rather, uh, in Istanbul, they did it in the conference room. And it, he doesn't say it in the film, but it's strongly implied that the reason they went to a conference room, as opposed to somebody's office or this or that, is because there's multimedia things in there. It's like a mini skiff, and they did have right. the capability to broadcast it. So if That's MBS right. were inclined to watch them kill this guy, he absolutely positively could have. Mm -hmm. And one key takeaway from that movie is that MBS has really, really thin skin. He does not like anybody saying anything bad about him. He can't. He couldn't handle that anybody was critical of him at all because he's, he's so thin-skinned and psychotic. That that was that was the response that this guy did, right? So imagine everybody's afraid of him because of the money, and they don't yeah. want to talk about it. But if if you watch that film and look at the response to the film, which was all the streaming services ran away from it, you got to pay twenty bucks to watch it on Amazon Prime, right? It's not yeah. on any of the streaming services, right? Exactly. So they're making it hard, and by they, I mean MBS. Let's be clear. Somebody's rattling sabers to make this thing harder to watch. That's right. Okay. You know what's and she, I wonder who. <laughs> must um, be him. You know what I find yeah. really interesting? If he's got such a thin, thin skin, that is correct. And so imagine how it felt for him. And I'd love to imagine what it feels like for him because it was an ultimate shaming point for him. When, when Biden said he would only deal with his father. When he said oh, he will not that. That talk so to this good. guy as the, as the as the leader of Saudi Arabia, and that's the ultimate that's insult, right. the ultimate insult for this guy. I am not talking to you. You're a murderer. I'm going to talk to your dad. So now, and what does he tell Secretary dad? Secretary of Defense won't yeah. speak to him either. Well, Secretary, yeah. I think they, as, as Secretary of Defense, as Secretary of Defense, they might have had a because he's also the Secretary of Defense. They might have had a, a little. A little uh, conversation. I'm not sure about that. Maybe. Maybe I saw some reporting that they were not. They weren't keen on. We weren't keen on doing that anymore either, right? Because of what Pompeo was right. the other person uh, aside next to Jared Kushner that was just crawling up in that guy's robes every yeah. time he had a chance. He was feeling up his robes. 
Okay. But let me go back. Let me go back here. I just want to finish up here. Hang on, LB. I want to go back here. So you've got, you know, Biden calling up and saying to Salman, there's absolutely no ways I am dealing with your son. Now, that's a real problem for the relationship going forward. You can't have Saudi Arabia and the United States presidents or leaders talking to each other. It's just not, not a feasible thing. It basically is telling uh, Salman that he's got to get rid of his son. I'm going to release a report tomorrow about how your son is a cold-blooded murderer. And you can decide what you want to do with him afterwards. I'm not going to sanction this guy. I'm just going to issue the report about him being a cold-blooded murderer. And then you decide whether you want to keep him on as your crown prince, because I'm having nothing to do with him, and I'll turn Saudi Arabia into, quote, the pariah of the world. And that's why I think Biden has been remarkable this week in terms of yeah. executing yeah. this foreign policy and diplom diplomatically you know he said when yeah. he when he addressed the state department that he'll do this as a diplo as diplomacy first and he's done an incredible job of showing us what diplomacy can do it's a little bit of a threat a little bit of a carrot and you know also he blows up something in syria today to make sure everyone knows that hey we, we still have a military presence there all of this is very coordinated and very carefully executed and he's done it so quietly. I mean, it is in the news, but you know what? We're spending, spending all the time talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene and whomever. He's out there yeah. sorting out the Middle East quietly and efficiently yeah. and figuring things out. And I would be shocked if this time next year, or even in six months from now, if MBS is still the crown prince of Saudi Arabia. I would be Me really too. surprised if he's around. I, I want to say... I want to say one more thing on all of this is that uh, leaning into that thin skin thing um, about MBS is that the other person who has incredibly thin skin is our former president. And um, I, what you're going to see in the press, especially New York Times, is already taking hits at Biden for how he's handling this. He didn't they didn't cover it anywhere near as honestly and sort of that you just did right there, Zev. So everyone know that there's an agenda there. And just sure. I would say there's going to be a lot of press that has some agendas about making Biden look bad in this. But and then and having coddled Donald all the way, because what you didn't hear from them is that Donald knew exactly who Jamal Khashoggi was. Donald has a very long history with Adnan Khashoggi. There are not a lot of Khashoggi's out there. Mm -hmm. There aren't. And the reporting also was before Jamal, right around Jamal's death, is that uh, he was being critical of Donald. He was being critical of Donald Trump. Now, if you're Donald Trump and you have the kind of history this man, and we will roll it out for you, trust me, all of us in our own ways, that, that Donald Trump had with Adnan Khashoggi, Donald's only yacht was Adnan Khashoggi's yacht. Mm -hmm. Okay, he bought he so supposedly bought it off of him, but they didn't. I, there was money laundering involved in that. We've already done a show on all of that. Um, it, there's there's a history there that if you're Donald Trump and here's MBS and he's saying, hey, here's this Khashoggi. I don't tell me where Khashoggi is. I don't like him. And you're Donald Trump and you hear Khashoggi. Every red alarm is going off in that maniac's brain, right? And he's being critical of Donald and Donald's just going to assume like he would assume every mob boss would assume anybody in the lineage. They know the history. They know the crimes. They know the dirty past, whether or not Jamal knew anything about his uncle's past history with Donald Trump back in the 80s. OK, um, is is irrelevant to Donald's brain, because in his brain, all that's going is, uh oh, there's a Khashoggi. There's a Khashoggi and he's, he's a journalist and he's at Washington Post and he's gonna write something about me. Oh my God. So if a request is coming in, right, for, from MBS of like, you know, tell me where this guy is. I'm not saying Donald knew what was gonna happen to him, but I don't think our president 
I think it was like, here you go. I think he would serve that up on a platter to MBS. And, you know, not that he had anything to do with what happened to him, but he didn't care. This was a problem for him that went away. And that is why I wish journalists would cover it that way. Look at the history there. Go back to the 1980s and look at this and think then and come from that perspective and the casinos and all of that all that dirty shit that Donald was involved with, with the biggest arms trafficker in the world, arms dealer in the world at the time, Adnan, right? You know who, and you know Get who Adnan's um, financial advisor was? Jeffrey Epstein. In fact, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Epstein, Epstein was running the money for Adnan Khashoggi yes, in the was. United States. Yes, he was. And also yes, was. was very close to MBS. So I'm That's sure right. Jamal knew a thing or two about his uncle's business and maybe knew a thing or two about his uncle's right. business with Jeffrey Epstein who's also in business Possibly. with Donald Trump. I mean, there's a Possibly. pretty extensive history there which needs to be looked into. And I think so far, we're the only people who've done it is narrative, you know, we're the only people who've covered the story, but that is the crux of what we're dealing with here. And it's decades that's old, right. you know, feud between these, these different families. And that's where we are today. Um, right. So I'm sure the Epstein thing has and something to do with it And that's why Donald lied. That's why Donald lied for MBS and said, yeah. well, it was rogue. He didn't know. He didn't have anything to do with it. He knew damn well what went down. He had the same intelligence that we all just read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? He yeah. had the intelligence. He, got he knew what Come happened. on. He it could have been a 400 pound guy living in his mother's basement. We don't know. We don't we just know. Don't know. Could have been China. Could have been Hunter <laughs> Biden with a laptop. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> Could have been anyone. Jesus. You know, we don't know. He's on tape. Trump is on tape with uh, Woodward saying, I saved MBS's ass. Yeah, right. right? They does yeah. say that. Yeah. That seems relevant today. That's the thing. Mm. Like, Biden is very careful, or, or the intelligence services are careful in the wording of that report. But you combine that report with that reporting by Woodward, and it's pretty hard to not arrive at a basic conclusion. And the timing and any paper, is so any delicious. Any newspaper that doesn't arrive at that yeah. conclusion should probably, you should just cancel the subscription to, honestly. And the, and the timing this, this is, is so... Not, this is not hard to figure out. No, it's not. And the timing is amazing. <laughs> Donald Trump is meant to be announcing tomorrow that he's running for 2024, but he's sort of withdrawn that now. He's not going to, he's not making as firm a statement about that. He knows <laughs> that there's a potential murder charge dangling over him um, and, and his son-in-law. And that's really what Biden has, well, it's another reason yeah. Biden has been out there doing this diplomacy. So we'll see what happens this week at CPAC. Um, I should say one other thing about, about MBS here. Um, I'll, I'll leave it for a little bit later on. We should talk about some other things that happened this week. And, you know, uh, Andrew, we invited you to come on to talk a little bit about the legal woes of the, uh, of the Trumps. I should mention before we leave um, uh, Jared completely that his building may be about to be foreclosed in New York City. So there's uh, the New York Times building, which features a lot in the history of, uh, of the Kushners and Deutsche Bank and what have you. And this building is about to be uh, foreclosed. Apparently can't pay it. It's not worth anything that he paid for it. And uh, he might lose that prize bit of real estate. All sad about that. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.